The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 12th chapter. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him, so that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Be not far from me, O Lord, O my strength, 
haste to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth. Deliver me from the horns of the unicorns. So the psalmist cries. And it could be your cry or mine. For there are times when it seems as if the lights have gone out. Times when it looks like God has turned the lights out on us. And we say, be not far from me. For it seems as if he is far from us indeed. Either because we have pushed him away with our sins, presuming, of course, that he will have mercy on us anyway, or because he is taking us to a place in his wisdom of which we do not now know. But amazingly, it is Jesus the Christ who himself here says, Be not far from me, O Lord. Save me, and I will pay my vows before them that fear you. We have entered what St. Augustine first called the Great and Holy Week. The week in which we share in those events which give life everlasting. The week in which we are led into the upper room, the garden, the palace of Caiaphas, the praetorium of Pilate, and ultimately to the Via Dolorosa, where the women weep, and to Golgotha, place of the skull, where the ground is saturated with blood, and where rocks split, tombs are opened, and saints long dead come to life the moment Jesus dies, because there's life in his death. But it all starts here, with our Lord's little donkey ride into the city which bade him come and die. The other Gospels, all three, tell us that it was all choreographed by Jesus, from the route he was to take to the animal he was to ride. Even the disciples were all in on it. But that's a sermon for another day. This day, the Spirit gives us John, who keeps it all for us on street level, where the action is right now, even as we speak. The crowds were billowing like clouds, he says, and they wanted to see Jesus. Fall at his feet, grab his ankles, touch his clothes, because he's just raised Lazarus from the dead. They're cutting branches off palm trees, crying, Hosanna, King, so that the earth is split by their noise. While behind the scenes and locked doors, chief priests are plotting his arrest and are willing to pay for it, too. 
even have Lazarus killed as well. So here's your Lord on the road, caught between crowds that can't stop quoting psalms and Pharisees counting out their 30 silver coins. What's your Jesus to do? He goes and commandeers a young donkey, mounts it, and rides it the rest of the way. A rather comical sight, really. A grown man riding a little donkey foal. No Roman soldier calls for backup. No Jewish revolutionary says, he's our man. He could have basked in the frenzied praise like any consummate politician might do. He could have gone the other way because of what the Pharisees were conspiring to do. But he did none of that. No babies kissed. No selfies with Jesus today. Oh, I know you want one, as do I. And you will get one. Jesus himself actually wants one with you. Don't you ever forget it. But it's a selfie where he's saying, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless. Believe. But for that, the seed will need to fall into the earth and die. Only then can it bear much fruit, the fruit of faith from you. It must be this way, this way with no thanks for the thunderous applause. And the epistle tells us why. It's because he didn't deem his divinity as something he might by right exploit. He had assumed instead the form of a slave in order to die a slave's death, a torturous death on a cross. That's how he will draw you to himself and hug you as you have never been hugged before. That's your Jesus, refusing to be idolized though the world had gone after him, opting instead for shouts of ridicule and scorn and jokes at his expense on the late-night shows, opting, that is, for everything that's ever pained you, that pains you now, your questions, your doubts, your unrequited love, your longing to know why, your prayers that get no reply. Jesus opted for being a troubled soul, a soul caught in the middle just like you, 
What shall I say, he asked. Father, save me from this hour. At the end of the gospel, what did you hear? He departed and hid himself from them. He hid and in so hiding was left alone. You will hear him say it later in this great and holy week. Where I am going, you cannot come. Indeed, where he goes is the most lonely, forsaken place imaginable. So you don't ever have to be alone again. Yes, ever. And the proof of it is here. This holy communion where the Hosanna returns with your uplifted heart and you get something far better even than a grasp of his ankles or a touch of his clothes. For even now, he says to you, abide in my love. A blessed invitation that is at once pure gift. Even as Paul tells you today, have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus. Not which could be or should be or would be or will be, but which is. Here, now, you and Jesus, neither alone nor hiding, but together, always and evermore, body, blood, soul, divinity, with you and in you too. Jesus' donkey ride has led you here, to the place where he pays his vows before you, offering you himself, his whole self, completely for you. So receive what he gives, even now, to you. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.